Well, good morning. Um, the kids call me Grandpa Steve, and uh, I am so delighted to have some time with you this morning and have a chance to talk about prayer. Prayer and love. I can't think of a better topic to be assigned. Prayer and love. If you'd stand with me and take a, a brown Bible, I would like to read our passage for today. You're going to find it on page 828 from the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 17b to 19. Brown Bible, page 828. This is the word of God. Let's enjoy it together. Paul writing, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. It's the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Jesus Would you open this word to us? Would you make it so profitable for us today? Would your, would uh, the words of my mouth and the meditations on my heart, would they be acceptable in your sight? And we ask this for your namesake. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. As I said, I'm Grandpa Steve, and one of my favorite things on any Sunday morning when I get to be with the kids is they put their hands on me and they pray for me. There is nothing more precious than little hands and big faith. And they pray with that big faith for me, and it's just, oh, it's awesome. I love it. Oh, help Grandpa Steve to be safe. Oh, help Grandpa Steve not to be grouchy. Oh, help Grandpa Steve to be fun today and not boring. So they pray those kind of things for me. But today's passage, when I started looking at it, I noticed that it started off with, I pray that you, I pray, Joe, if we can put up that slide, I pray, Paul the Apostle, let me see if I can think of this, Paul the Apostle who went through so many different things, who was persecuted for his faith, who went tirelessly for the gospel, who traveled all over the known Roman world, was whipped several times, was beaten with canes, was stoned to the point where he they thought he was dead, was shipwrecked in the sea a night and a day in the open sea. And he's praying for me. And I start to get nervous. Because what's he going to pray? He's going to pray, Lord God, please help Steve not to be a slacker. Please help Steve to be more serious about his faith. He's such a clown. Please, God. I pray for Steve that he would amount to something. And so as we come to this text of Scripture, it's an incredible shock that we come and he says, I pray that you would know the great and amazing love, the riches of the love of Jesus. The riches and the love of Jesus. It's so counterintuitive. Instead of his being remonstrative to me, he's gracious. 
And his prayer for you and for me today is gracious. And what he wants us to do is to experience that amazing, beautiful love of Jesus. And so let's jump into it and let's look at it. I pray, I pray that Paul says that you would be rooted and established in love. Rooted and established in love. He's assuming that we're already there. This, we're really not to the prayer request. This is kind of the thing that he assumes. He assumes that we're laying our lives down for each other. He assumes that we're being sacrificial for each other. Because he's already seen it in the church of Ephesus. And his desire for us as the church of Kettlebrook in the church of West Bend is that we are laying down our lives and we are being sacrificial for each other. So he wants us to be rooted in love. Do you know what rooted means? Rooted means fixed. Fixed in a place. When I was a kid, we used to go to a little church camp. Rooted, Joe, is our next thing. Oh, there it is. Why is Paul praying for me? Now we're on rooted. There we go. We'll get it right by the next service. So, um, rooted. And we would go to this church camp every summer. And on the east bank of that lake was a beautiful beach. But up in the northwest corner was this mucky bog that was full of snakes and turtles and frogs. And we boys, we loved to go in there and you get your foot in and you get your other foot in and then it would be like, oh man, I can't move. Because it was so thick that I was the closest I've ever felt to being rooted, fixed in a spot. And so what Paul is saying here is, be rooted Be fixed in love. Now, another aspect of this definition for rooted is be nourished as well. Something that is rooted, something that's fixed, it's going, it's sending, it shoots down, and it's drawing nourishments. And he's asking this of us in love. Nourished, fixed, in love. Well, i got to ask you, where are we going to find this kind of love? Where are we going to find it to be rooted and nourished in love? Where? It's only going to be in the Word of God. Only in the Word of God. And I want to challenge you, if you haven't cracked your Bible this week, if you haven't opened it, if it's sitting on your shelf and just kind of collecting dust between Sundays, can I ask you, Will you know about the love of God? Will you be able to experience it if you're not in the scriptures, if you're not studying them, if they're not coming alive to you and showing you incident after incident after incident of Jesus' great love for you? It kind of reminds me of this little prism I have here. Borrowed this from Stella Dricken. And this would hang in the window. And, you know... I passed by it, no big deal, didn't really see anything, nah, not so interesting. So I ignored it, and it just kind of sat there. But if I came up to it in the window and I started looking around while the sun was reflecting in it, suddenly I would discover colors. There's purple, and then I'd see blue, and then there was a yellow. And it's the same thing as we get into the Word of God. We will see these 
attributes of God's love for us and Jesus' great faithfulness in love to us again and again and again. But we have to be in the Word of God. We've got to be rooted in the Word of God in an order to see His love, to know of His love. Second thing he says is being established in love. If I enter a new job and I'm at a new workplace, I don't know the routine. I don't know what the culture of the place I'm working in. I'm getting established. If I move to a new city, I don't know what the best grocery store is. I'm not sure where the bowling alley is. I'm looking for a church. I'm getting established, right? I'm getting grounded in that place. I'm becoming well-versed in that place. And so in love, in the scriptures, I want to continue to teach myself. I want to continue to learn about this great love that Jesus has for me. Back to the prism. So while this is sitting in the window and the sunshine beautifully yesterday is shining through the window, it's hitting this prism and it's putting little rainbows all over my room where I wouldn't expect them to be. Fantastic. And so as the little rainbows are there, it kind of reminds me of seeing God's love in the circumstances that I'm involved with. It happened, for example, on Friday night. I have a young man that I've been working with who suffers with addiction. And he's just not ready to put it behind him. He's not ready to walk away from the insanity of his life right now. And Friday night, I went to a banquet uh, of a nonprofit here in the area, and I was like, man, Lord, we are trying. He's just not willing to make that change yet. How he needs you. And so I was at the banquet, and I was kind of feeling this little cloud over me. And I met one of the volunteers with this nonprofit. And as I got to know him a little bit, he said, you know what? I never would have left my addiction if it hadn't been for Jesus Christ. I've been clean now for six years. And it is so great that I get to be with other people who suffer from addiction and to help them come out of that. And I was like, oh. Thank you, Jesus. I saw your rainbow. I saw the love that you're communicating to me through this young man. And then a young woman was invited to get up and share, and she shared. And she talked about how she had been addicted to heroin, and she had been in jail, and she had been skin and bones. And then she met Jesus Christ. And it so revolutionized her life. And now she's going to college. She just finished her first year, and she's starting a family. Jesus saved her from her addiction. And so I got to talk to her, and and again, it was that little rainbow of love of Jesus saying to me, Steve, I love you. I love that young man and his addiction. I'm at work. And then I met this young woman's father, who is probably a functional alcoholic. And he shared with me as well, I got to know Jesus. And when I came to know Jesus, I about two weeks later, I took a drink of a beer and it was like, uh-uh. The Holy Spirit said to me, you're done with that. You are done with that. You don't need that anymore. And he said to me, because of Jesus Christ, I've not had another drink since that time. And I am so in love with him. People overcoming their addictions telling me about the love of Jesus, how it had helped them, 
That was God's rainbow, seeing his love to me in the midst of my circumstances. Paul's prayer for us is that we would be rooted, fixed, nourished, grounded, established, well-versed in his love. It's the hallmark of us as Christians. Love. Second thing I want us to see is now we get to the Paul's prayer request and he uses the word may. May. You'll see it here in verse 18. You'll see the second prayer in verse 19 where, again, Paul uses the word may. What may means is, may means you're here, may you get to there. And so that's his prayer request, that you get from here, you guys, to here. May. May you. So let's see what he says. May you have power to grasp. Next slide, Joe. Power to grasp. Now, what it seems like he's saying is, huh, we might not be able to grasp the love of God. We might not have that power to understand his great love for us. And, and I gotta ask you, why not? Why would he have to pray this for us? Why would he have to pray that we would be given that Holy Spirit power to be able to get it? To be able to understand it? To be able to take hold of the great love of Jesus? Why? Because we're broken. Because we're broken. I don't think like God thinks. I don't love like God loves. In fact, I've confessed to many of you that I am love disabled. So in my mind, I can't even imagine that God would have a great love for me. It's something that I have to see in the scriptures and I have to apply by faith because naturally, in my natural man, I think he's fed up with me. I think he's impatient with me. I think he wonders like, man, Steve, when are you going to ever get it together? And that's not how he feels toward me at all. One of the hardest things that I ever saw as a missionary, Martha and I had gone on a conference. And it was a prayer retreat. And the facilitator of that retreat would give us a verse. And then he would send send us off with several questions, and he would ask us to just take time with that verse, and in prayer, just spend time with Jesus. And so, the topic that one particular day had been the great love of God for us, the great love of Jesus for us. And so we went off, and we came back, and about 40 missionaries sitting around in a circle, I mean, these are professional Christians, they get paid To live to be like Jesus, right? They're on mission. They left the United States. They went to all parts of the world. Professional Christians. And as we went around the circle, each person confessed. They said, you know what? I know of the love of God. I just don't believe it's real for me. I know the love of God. I just can't believe 
that Jesus would feel that way about me. And I, I want to ask you, if you and I will be rooted in love, if we'll be well-versed in love, then what this passage is saying, that we would have the power then to move forward and to explore the great love of God. We can never get away from it. It's like a great wall that we would grasp how wide it is. You can explore His love and never come to the end of it. You can go the other way and explore it and never find the end of it. You can go high. You can't get over His love. You can't get underneath it. You can't run away from it. His love is profound. And it's ginormous. And it's for you. It's for you. And it's for me. And Paul's prayer is... Would you guys get it? Please get it. Please let the Holy Spirit move your heart so that it goes from knowledge here to be heart knowledge here. That you would embrace that love and you would live in it fully. And you would be sacrificial like Jesus in the way that we serve and love each other. Power to grasp the enormity the greatness of Jesus' great love. Next prayer request, Ephesians 3.19. Next slide there, Joe. Oh, sorry. So, you're saying to me, okay, Steve, prove it. Prove it. All right? I want to prove it. One of many verses in the scriptures that talk about love. And in your uh, bulletin today, this is one of our prayer takeaways. I am asking you, and Troy will ask you later on a video, to pray this prayer every day for this coming week, is what Troy says. What I would like to ask you is, pray this as long as you need to. Pray this every day for a year. To remind yourself, I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I, Steve, who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. Who loved me. There it is in spades. He took a nail here. He took a nail here. He took nails in his, in his ankles and bled on a cross. And it wasn't enough that the pain of that, but he took my sin and your sin, the shame and the guilt of it, and he was feeling that completely while he hung there in excruciating pain. And he cried out to God and he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In other words, why have you turned your back on me because of Steve's sin? What did he profit from being on the cross for me? What did he profit? What did he get? Nothing. He got nothing. There was nothing redeemable about my sin. There was nothing but guilt and shame and separation from his father that he endured for me. Was there anybody there applauding? Yeah, Jesus, go, baby. No one. Zero. He gained nothing by being on the cross. It was all for me. It was all for you. What? Incredible love.
that he would take my place and your place and let himself not only suffer excruciating pain in his body, but excruciating separation from God in his soul. Really? How he loves me. I can't even comprehend it. It's too much. And so I want to ask you as we go away this week that you would meditate on this. You would pray this. This would be your prayer every day for this week. And for as long as you can go, pray this prayer. Now we want to see Joe, our next point. Thank you. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Um, yeah, okay. Surpasses knowledge. If we're supposed to be exploring Jesus' love, uh, and it's high and it's wide and it's broad, but it surpasses knowledge, what's the point? Right? Why explore his love if I'll never understand it? It, it kind of reminds me of the man who was going down to the lake and he would go into about his knees and he'd get a, he'd get a basket full of water and then he'd walk up on the shore and three feet, uh, three steps out of the lake, the basket was empty. And, and he'd go back in and he'd fill the bucket with water and he'd go about three steps out of the lake onto the shore and the basket's empty. And there was a man there observing and saying, Sir, um, I notice you're trying to haul water with a basket. What are you doing? How practical is that? And the man said, You know what? The basket's clean. The basket's clean. And so what I want to say to you about exploring the love of Jesus is we will spend our lifetimes trying to understand it, but it will surpass our knowledge. But we would search it out anyway. Every aspect of it, to know as much of it as we can, though it can never be fully understood. And then Paul's last prayer request, may we be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. What does that mean? May we be filled with God's love. Isn't this incredible? Why is Paul praying this for us? Why? Because the world out there is not attracted to our self-righteousness, our judgmentalness, our holier-than-thou-ness, our condescension to sinful people. We are them. And people who love, people who love addicts, people who love people who don't follow Jesus, people who lay down their life in love like Jesus laid down his life for us, that's attractive. The great love of Jesus is what Paul is saying that would be seen in us. So that the whole community of West Bend would say, whoa, whoa, there's something different about those people over there. It's either a cult, they're drinking the Kool-Aid, or they've got something. But it's not our judgmentalness. It's not our self-righteousness. Our attitude is, I'm a beggar who found bread. Can I help you, fellow beggar, find the bread of Jesus? What a beautiful thing. So in all this month of February, talking about prayer, next slide, Joe. What's prayer? It's this. My definition, my best swing at it. Prayer is the real Jesus meeting with the real me. 
Let's break that up real quick. Don't get stuck on Jesus. Next slide, Joe. It can be prayer to the Holy Spirit, prayer to God the Father, prayer to God the Son. I'm just using Jesus here now because it's simple. It just makes this simpler. Next slide. The real Jesus. My understanding as a 21st century human being, my understanding of Jesus is so small, is so far from who he is, so underestimates the greatness of his love, that I spend my life in the scriptures and in prayer trying to know him, trying to understand him more intimately. Meeting with. Meeting with, you can play with that. You can change the verb. Being with, hanging with, talking to. Doesn't matter to me. You make that your own. But the real Jesus, meeting with the real me. I'm broken. I have foibles. I have blind spots. And so I have a hard time really understanding who I am in front of Jesus. And what prayer is, is prayer is like me going to the doctor with an infection on my leg. And I say, hey doctor, it hurts right here, it's infected. And he says, just a second, let me get a warm compress. We'll put it on there. Okay, I'm going to give you a little pressure. We're going to get out the infection. A little bit of salve, bandage. You should be good to go. Jesus is doing that with me on a daily basis. I meet him in his, his word and in prayer, and he's showing me those infections within my heart, those broken places, those wounds from the past, those wounds from yesterday. And he's saying to me, Steve, Steve, in my great love, let me remove that for you and help you to be in a deeper relationship with me. Help me show you who you really are. Or let me show you who you really are. Prayer is spending time with the real Jesus, getting to know him, so that he would reveal to me the real me, that I may be more intimate with him. We're going to finish now with a time of reflection. And I just want to ask you to close your eyes. I want to ask you to bow your head. I want you to ignore the person on your left and your right. And I want you to take a moment and I want you to visualize Jesus. He's sitting with you right now. He's looking at you. And I want to ask you, how does he look? What's his posture right now? Are his arms folded in disappointment? Are his legs folded? Crossed? Now look at his face. Again, his eyes are looking at you. What do his eyes look like? Are they angry? Are they inviting? Are they filled with the wetness of tears? 
and his eyebrows. Are his eyebrows up in invitation or are they down in crossness and disappointment? He's looking at you. He's reaching out his hand. And he's putting it on your shoulder. And as he looks deep in your eyes, says, I love you so much. You are my precious treasure. You are my precious treasure. If it only had been you on the planet, I still would have gone to the cross for you. Only for you, he says. How do you respond to that? How do you respond? He's willing to take you into his great strong arms. And as a broken one, as a little child, reassure you and hold you in his great love to stroke your hair gently in the way that your mother or father never did. see him he's looking at you Jesus we've used this time to draw on your presence because we need you so much teach us about your love teach us about your love from your word But then, Lord Jesus, teach us about your love as we spend intimate time with you in prayer. It's not that we fold our hands. It's not if we're on our knees. It's not if our eyes are closed or all that stuff. It doesn't matter, Jesus. What matters is that we get to be with you intimately in your presence. Teach us how to come into your presence every day. Teach us to know how you love us and help us to explore every aspect, the height and the breadth and the depth and the width of your great love for us. Wow, we don't deserve you. Why you have shown us grace, I have no idea. But thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen.